It was a very cruel scene, executed in an unusual manner. Cruel Coven. Hi, children of the night. Ooh, I thought you were going to say children of the corn. I knew you were going to say, I thought you were going to say children of the <laughs> corn. <laughs> you got me for a little swerve. <laughs> this is Cruel and Unusual. The podcast. I'm Tori. I'm Katie. So there's been some news since the last time we recorded. There's been a lot of news. Mm-hmm. Don't get us wrong. And most of it is bad. Right. But there are some very little silver linings. There are. For certain people. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the case that we covered, I think, what was it, our first or second week? Yeah, I think... Was it it our first week? It wasn't our first one. I think it was maybe early March. And let me just give you a little ditty, and you will understand who we're talking about. Lori (laughs) Pool Party. Okay, so... And there's also (laughs) Dairy Farmer. Dairy Farmer (laughs) Chad. Yep, it's Chad (laughs) Daybell, honey. (laughs) So there's some news about the Vallow Daybell clan. Yep. And it's not fucking good. No. It's it's something that we had assumptions about. Mm-hmm. We did not want to have these assumptions, but we've seen this shit too many times. Yeah. And as you probably know, since you listen to our podcast, you clearly follow the true crime world. The remains of Tylee and JJ have been found in the home of Chad the Dairy Farmer Daybell. Mm-hmm. On his property. On right. his property. Buried. I just... Yeah. There was yep. something about a, a fire pit too. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure. They haven't released yeah, they a have, whole lot. Yeah. There's been some. Obviously, they have. It's an ongoing investigation, mm-hmm. so they aren't saying everything to the media. We don't know everything, but we do know that the two children are deceased. Yep. And, and it's um, fucking terrible. And Chad's been arrested for concealing evidence, which is yeah. a felony. Yeah. And, and Lori's still sitting in jail. Yes. And yeah. they had moved her bond down from five million to a million. Still. But she's still shit. sitting in there. Yeah. And there's no, like, there's been no attempts to make bond uh-huh. at all. And did you, did I did not know this, but she was wearing a bulletproof vest in that hearing. What the fuck? Was it a hearing? Is that what it is? Was she really? Yeah. I didn't know this. <gasps> I think I was watching, it was some, it was today, actually. I was watching, like, a, a recap of something on yeah. TV. And Lester, I think, from Dateline. Oh. (laughs) He was saying how she was wearing a bulletproof vest. Huh. And if you look closely, you can kind of see, like, the little bulges in there. Right. And, you know what? Wow. Yeah. And did you know that she had an older son named Colby? No. Because I fucking didn't know that, and I know damn well I did not say that in our episode. No, I don't think so either. In the episode that we did about them, or that you did about them, did she fucking predict all of this shit going on in the world. She said that the our the July. world is ending July twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't believe in all of her fucking bullshit, but no. like what are the odds? Yeah, exactly. Of <laughs> that course we have a pandemic and, right. and, and everything. That's probably oh. why the bitch is smirking. God. Yeah, she's like, I'm right. Yeah. I'm Lori and I fucking knew this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So I protected <laughs> my kids. Fuck you. No, you didn't protect anybody. Fuck you. There there was one thing I read that said she she thought they were uh, a zombie zombies like yeah. some sort of like end of days zombie yeah yeah type of I deal. Know. i'm just delusional my, my heart completely breaks mm-hmm. for larry and Kay. yeah too. larry and Kay are jj's biological grandparents yeah and they were involved heavily in the beginning and that's when Lori was supposed to return to her home state with the children from hawaii because she kept saying that she knew where they were yeah 
and Larry and Kay were waiting at the meeting spot, and she never showed up. Right. She did know where they fucking oh, were. Oh, my God. Yeah, she did, but they were dead. Yeah, and I, I also read another thing that said they they have kind of had this hunch since the beginning of the year or, like, late last year, but they had to wait for the ground to thaw. Oh, wow. Because they couldn't dig, yeah. Oh, I hate it. But, yeah, I just cannot. Mm-mm. You saw me have a full-on mental breakdown yeah. earlier about my daughter who has yeah. a diaper rash. Mm-hmm. I could not, and I, I'm the great majority of mothers, I'm sure, could not imagine hurting their child no like how it's the delusion and, of all this this yeah. shit is what it is and this is the thing that colby so i did not know she had an older son named colby i don't know how i didn't know that yeah doing all that research but she has an older son he's married he's thriving it seems like i didn't watch a whole lot so if he's not thriving my bad um but he was saying how when he was younger his mom would do anything for the kids mm-hmm. she just wanted she like she just wanted them to be happy and it was very hard on them because Mm -hmm. she was like bouncing around from guy to guy and and stuff like that he just said it's completely and totally out of character up until she started meeting these doomsday preppers and i there are certain personality types i feel that are just so easily influenced yeah by what they hear and what they're told and this like quote-unquote proof of this shit like oh it's written here like come on if somebody maybe would have seen her like sliding down this fucking chad daybell slope yeah and realized like hey but she probably maybe somebody did and she didn't listen Mm -hmm. and then it just got worse and worse and worse and she couldn't pull herself out of it right but yeah she either murdered her children or contributed to it or allowed it to happen Mm -hmm. and i hope she fucking rots yeah me and too. I hope the dairy farmer fucking rots from yeah. the inside out. Rot dairy Piece farmer. Of shit. Just an FYI, in case you Ugh. have not listened to our episode about them, he's not a dairy farmer. No, I just think that sounds like a dairy <laughs> farmer name. Okay. Moving on from that because it's heartbreaking, and mm-hmm. I feel like we've talked about it enough. Yeah. Something else that is devastating, mm-hmm. not equally as devastating, obviously, because this is not a loss of life, but something that really shook me to the core when I heard about. <sighs> Kelly Clarkson is getting divorced. <laughs> no. I did see something about that, you know, but I'm not invested enough Kelly to really Clarkson, care. Kelly Clarkson is my girl. She always has been ever since the first season of American Idol. She can sing like a fucking gem. I do like her. She, she, she can sing. She really, truly can. And I think she's very honestly herself. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Uh-huh. And it doesn't seem like this shit has changed her. Right. I don't think she's a cokehead. <laughs> I think she's yeah uh, this healthy woman mm-hmm. who is fucking cool. I remember when we were little mm-hmm. and you had her first CD mm-hmm. and you would play Miss Independent on your headphones mm-hmm. so loud that I, I mean, everybody could hear it <laughs> on a repeat. You hit that fucking repeat button. You were like, yes, Kelly, I am Miss Independent. <laughs> I'm self-sufficient. How old was I? When was the first season of American uh, Idol? Can I just like, check this yeah, real quick? Goog, because give I need goog. help. Give it a All goog. right. Or as my dad calls it, goggle. <laughs> it came out sometime in 2003. 2003. Which means I would have been Maybe 12 like years old. 11, 12. 11, 12. Yeah. And I didn't know a goddamn thing about being independent, but I sure thought I felt it in my bones Mm -hmm. when Kelly Clarkson said, Miss Independent, Miss Self-Sufficient, something ignited a goddamn fire inside of me and it could not be put out. It It could not be turned. It sure fucking did. (laughs) When I think about that song, I just get a little twitch inside and it's like, (laughs) woo, woo, woo. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm happy. Oh no. <laughs> Speaking of that, has, wait, did that pill you took a little bit ago? Oh, <laughs> I took some clonazepam <laughs> or something like that. But yeah, I'm just. I feel obviously very sad for Kelly because, like, maybe she's happy about you it. You know though. what? Yeah, she's missing independent. Exactly. Um, Hello? I feel like. Did you? I'm not sure if you knew this because you don't really keep up with her. But her husband is Reba's son. Reba. You know what? I knew that at one point, didn't know it for a while, but then I was reading the comments mm-hmm. on the article that was posted about her divorce, and this lady's like, you know, Facebook comments. Oh, God, Lord. I bet, she said Rita. I bet Rita's upset about this. <laughs> Rita's probably <laughs> crying her eyes out. Oh, Rita. Can you give me the question of the motherfucking day? I'll give you the question of the motherfucking day. Okay. This is from our Facebook group. This is from Amanda. Amanda. Hello, Amanda. Hey, How Amanda. are you, lovely? Amanda wants to know, what do you guys think about humans wanting to colonize the moon or Mars? And would you volunteer yourself to go or use it to vote people off the Earth? Number one, yes, I would vote so many people off the Earth. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I agree with colonizing it. We fuck everything <laughs> up. Look at our world. Yeah. It's fucked to the very core. Yep. <laughs> And I just it <sighs> to the nucleus. Yes. Um. But I'm all for like, okay, if we want to go explore shit, visit. Out there, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Touch down. Have yourself <laughs> a pool party up there. But I don't feel the need to get crazy right now. I feel like we're already like having a lot of issues down here. Yeah. So why are we going to bring the same issues up there? I feel like we need to get some shit straightened out here, mm-hmm. and then we can hover around up there if we want to like xenon in the space day yeah i'm not like totally against it either i don't really have like a strong opinion either way yeah i would not be first on a ship no (laughs) on a spaceship no i would not be going to get blown up baby i could blow myself up here (laughs) easily oh no i cannot take my chances in a jedi rising up in the air (laughs) jedi i'm afraid enough in a goddamn plane yeah so, yeah. but I would love to like, you know, let's have some trial runs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be your guinea pig. No. I would, then vi- I would visit. I'll go check it out. Yeah. It would take a lot to talk me into it. Yeah. Because that's how it goes with me and you. Mm-hmm. One of us comes w- up with an idea. Mm-hmm. The other is usually like, holy fuck, no, mm-hmm. no. Oh my God. No, no, no. But then one of us forces the other to do it and yeah. it ends up fine. So yeah. I feel like that would have to be. How it would have to yeah. be that way. Mm-hmm. A million percent. And yep. I feel like it would be, ultimately, it would be you coaxing me to go. Yeah. But it would be after you were coaxed from, like, reading yeah. shit and doing research and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm still not convinced about the whole being on TV thing. Oh, about the... <laughs> the, the stream The thing. interview thing? Yeah. <gasps> Holy shit. Ooh. When you sent me, because it got pushed back because uh-huh. of everything that's going on in happy. the world. Oh, I my God. Be happy. I'm so fucking relieved. Yeah, in case you guys didn't know, we were approached to be on this special segment of a special show. I don't think we can say the name of the Yeah, I don't think we can yet. say it, but... When it comes about, we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know. Um, It's probably going to be a while now because the state of the earth is just fucking earth shattering. Mm-hmm. And we need... <laughs> to keep fucking going. To keep fucking giving them hell. Yeah. That is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We cannot stop. We cannot let up. Because when we, when we let up is when they think they've won. Yeah. They don't get to win this time. Right. Does that answer your question, Amanda? Probably not. Amanda, it's yes and no. It's both. <laughs> it's please have several million people do it first. And yeah. then I'm going to do it so I can say I did it. Yeah. And only if Katie goes with me. 
And <laughs> as long as I can be 100% certain I won't blow up on a Jedi. Yeah, I would love to say that I, that I did it, that I at least went there. So, And the, the part about voting people off the earth, I think I already <sighs> said, yes, god damn it. I will vote so many motherfuckers off this earth, and they will be the goddamn guinea pigs. And you have been voted off the island. And they will go up in the Jedi spaceship. Let's send... And then once they get up there, we have to let them out so they can float the fuck away. Amanda, here's what we're going to do. We're going to send all the pedophiles... Ooh, and Trump. Right, just right into the sun. How about that? Yeah. They can fucking colonize the sun. <laughs> okay? That's what they can do. They can burn their assholes. Yep. So today we're going to be talking about some spooky ghosty shit. We're going to be getting a little spooky on you. I know a lot of you have been wanting some more ghosty stuff, so here we are. Bringing you ghosty stuff. What are you going to talk to me about today, Victoria? Well, there's many prisons that are said to be haunted. Mm-hmm. Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Probably the most widely known, right? I would say. One close to us, kind of, sort of, is the Ohio State Reformatory. Mm-hmm. And Joliet. And the Joliet Prison. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard as many stories about that, but I have heard some. Yeah, I think they were doing tours at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if they were ghosty tours or mm-hmm. what. While there are many prisons that are haunted, or supposedly haunted, the one I'm going to talk to you today about is the Yuma Territorial Prison. Hmm. Talk to me with your face. The Yuma Prison is located in Arizona. Just to paint like a little quickie picture for you, it sits overlooking the small town of Yuma on a large hill. Hmm. Kind of just like a little... (laughs) I'm going to, all my, all these inmates are going to watch over all the citizens. Mm. <laughs> God. It's close to like the, the Arizona, California border. Okay. Because yeah, I didn't know where Yuma was. Neither did I. Oh. I knew where Yuba was because we talked about the Yuba Oh yeah. Five. Uh, the prison was first authorized to start being built in 1875. So like a lifetime ago. And it was <laughs> $25,000 was what was budgeted to build this prison. Could Shit. you imagine? Wow. What year did you say? I'm sorry. 1875. Okay. It was probably a lot back then, yeah. but yeah, that's no, like, you would get like two limestone today. Exactly. That's <laughs> like pennies in comparison to now. Yeah. Um, in April of 76, the prison started being built and even some of the inmates who were going to be locked up there were forced to build their own cells. Mm. So wouldn't you think like, I'm going to find a way around this. Right. I'm going to dig a tunnel to China. Yeah. Like, I will get out of my own cell because I'm building my own cell. You would think. The first prisoners were locked away in Yuma Territorial Prison on July 1st of 1876. So just a little over a year after first breaking ground on the project. There were a fairly wide variety of lawbreakers that were housed there. Anyone from just like a simple bank robber to a murderer. Mm-hmm. The prison was home to 3,069 inmates prior to closing its doors 33 years after first opening due to overcrowding in 1909. 3,069 is a lot. Yeah. For the space. Mm -hmm. I didn't put it in my research because it doesn't really pertain to ghosty hauntings, but they were saying, I think there was like three to a cell or something. Oh, wow. A one person cell. Yeah. And I could be wrong about that, but I just know that it was definitely overcrowded. So once the prison closed its doors, the inmates that were left were moved over to Florence, Arizona to a new prison. And eventually a high school took over the old prison. Oh. Yeah. And their mascot was the criminals. Isn't that funny? (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, I want to go there. I would have loved, when I was in high school, I would have fucking loved to have my mascot be the criminals. I would have been 
I would have been in sports. I probably. I was just gonna say I still wouldn't have done sports, but I would buy a jacket. Oh, for, for sure. Fucking sure. It would have been a really cool like black and white Letterman <laughs> jacket with criminals in crimson red and a skull and cross. Oh, honey, that's perfect. That's all I want. Um, instead oh. of a fucking like leprechaun or whatever ours was. What was it? it? Was a, yeah, leprechaun fighting Irish. Yeah, oh, stupid. I want to be a criminal. <laughs> yeah, real bad. Um. <laughs> I want a hot dog real bad. <laughs> okay. Um, and then the school remained open until around the year of, I think it was like about 1914. Mm-hmm. But in the 1920s, it became vacant and it was taken over by the homeless population to take refuge in. Hmm. And then the Great Depression started in, in 1929 mm-hmm. and many more people ended up moving in because they lost their homes, their jobs, their security, all of yeah. that. Um, now, let's get to the spooky scaries. <gasps> So we all know that there isn't always like reasonable punishment in prison. Mm-hmm. In the Yuma Territorial Prison, if an inmate went against the guards, he or she would be placed in solitary confinement. And solitary confinement for the inmates here meant going into a cell that was nicknamed the dark cell. Oh, God. Uh-huh. The measurements of the cell were 10 by 10. So that's pretty fucking small. The prisoner would be forced to strip down to their skivvies and would be served one meal a day. Mm. And the meal consisted of bread and water. So mm-hmm. it's not even like it was like fucking a pot roast and right. orange juice. It probably felt like that to them, though, yeah. after a while. Depending on the rule that was broken, sometimes the inmate confined to solitary would be chained up as well. The cell was dark with only the teeny tiniest sliver of light poking through from a ventilation unit in the ceiling. Wow. And once nightfall came, there was no light at all. Scorpions, bugs, snakes, and other rodents scurried around in the dark cell. Fuck that. Loving the cool, damp, and dark area. Fuck that. Scorpions? Uh No. Prisoners claimed Mm. that prison guards would throw serpents down into the cell just to torture the inmates even more. Of course. Mm -hmm. But it was also said that somehow they got inside from outside. Mm. Once an inmate had completed their solitary confinement sentence, they would be sent directly to the Phoenix Insane Asylum. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Because clearly, (laughs) that really fucks you up. Yeah. I know goddamn well, good and well, if you put me in solitary confinement, I will have a psychotic break because it is not easy being in my brain. Yeah. I feel and like if I have to be yeah. in my brain in a dark box with bread and water. No. Oh. That's inhumane. Except for, I don't give a fuck about the pedophiles and, you know, yeah, child killers and shit like that. Put them in there. I don't care. But for most other like things. Like a bank robber? Yes, yeah. it sucks. I they, think it's inhumane. I really yeah. do. Let's talk about a couple of the most infamous prisoners that this prison held. First, we have Pearl Hart, the bandit queen. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And I'll link the sources below because I got this from a really cool site. And you should look at it because it's neat. She was in there for robbery. Mm -hmm. And she like blew up as this big media sensation. And she was sentenced to five years in the Yuma prison. It was said she, quote used her feminine wiles with both prisoners and guards alike and she was pardoned after only two years oh boy because she just wild around <laughs> honey and she got the <laughs> fuck out of there in two years um and then we have elena estrada known as the heartbreaker wow uh-huh elena oh she had a crime of passion elena estrada was sentenced to seven years and this is a quote for manslaughter because 
she stabbed her unfaithful lover, then cut open his chest, pulled out his heart, and threw the bloody heart into his face, end quote. Can't do that, honey. Ooh, that is against the law, Yeah. Jesus, Lord. She only got seven years of manslaughter Mm -hmm. for that. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. All right. All right, then. Um, (laughs) And this was like in the late 1870s, early 1900s. Times were different. Yeah. I know. I guess you could just cut somebody's heart out and shove it right in their mouth and you could only be sentenced to seven years. Man. The dark cell is where most of the paranormal activities happen, Mm -hmm. as told by like staff and, and people who visit. Staff say that you can hear crying sounds from different corners of the room. Like you'll be, you'll hear a sound, right? You'll Mm -hmm. walk over to that corner. And then it moves. And then it moves to a different corner. Yeah, no, don't like that. Um, And then they also say that it feels like if you walk in there that you're just being stared at. Yeah. You know that feeling that you get, like, I I always had it in school and I'd be doing my work and I would have this feeling to, like, look up and, like, the teacher would be staring at me or something. Mm -hmm. Like, that is your intuition. Yeah. It is telling you, look at that man, he's about to fucking murder you, run. (laughs) There's also photos that have circulated with a ghost man, like, standing behind a woman in the photo. Mm -hmm. Um, There's screaming and crying and clapping and just very terrifying noises coming from the dark cell. Like, and you could imagine, like, you know, in movies, when you see someone going, quote, unquote, crazy, mm-hmm. and they start, like, clapping, and they're, like, hearing things, and they're, like, you know, that's yeah. what people say that they see. Okay. Or hear, <laughs> rather. Um, <laughs> there was a psychic medium that toured the prison, and she thinks that the spirit trapped inside the dark cell is that of a little girl. It said that she might have been part of one of the families who seeked refuge there during the oh, Great Depression. Yeah. Apparently, there's, like, a lot of pinching that goes on, especially if the person is wearing the color red, because her mother wore red and loved the color. You'll feel icy cold fingertips brushing against you, too. Nope, I fucking won't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I won't be going in that dark cell, baby. Okay. Some writer for an Arizona magazine, it didn't give, the source I was using did not give, like, the name or the magazine, Mm -hmm. but nonetheless, there's a writer. We'll post it if we can find it. Yeah. There's a writer for an Arizona magazine, and... She decided it would be a fucking fabulous idea to spend some time alone oh. in the dark cell. Oh, honey. Mm-hmm. No. She, like, really made a go of it, too. She was set to spend a whopping 48 motherfucking hours in the cell. No. Like, she was truly in confinement. Oh, dear. She was chained up. What? Mm-hmm. And left with bread and a jug of water. Oh, my God. Like, no, 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 no. You don't do things like that. Did she know she didn't have to? Did you know she was being very silly? <laughs> That's only a silly person would do something like that. God, what a silly pant. Oh, um, but within hours, she started screaming that someone was in there with her, shuffling around and pacing. Oh, boy. She said she was not alone in the cell. She was incredibly adamant about That's it. That's a lot of time to sit there alone and, and think and let your shit get the best of you. I, I you know. I, my mind would convince me that there was a million people in there in 10 minutes tops. You would step onto the property yep. and be like, oh, ghost. Yep. Oh, <laughs> now the prison is a museum and there's a store inside of it. Mm-hmm. And it's said that coins from the register will literally just fly around the room and then end up back in the drawer. And lights will turn on and off. Items in the store are moved and no one has moved them. Just like poltergeisty things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a cell, I believe it was cell 14, and a man committed suicide in this cell. If you walk in there, like during a tour, the air is ice cold. Mm. ice cold in you can the hear, hot arizona yeah sun. Mm-hmm. you can hear heavy breathing and someone pacing with shackles when you leave the cell 
and like you close the door, a knock comes from the inside of the cell. In the cafeteria, you can hear, like as you approach, loud noises, like there's a shit ton of inmates and they're getting all rowdy and stuff. Yeah. And then you look inside and no one is there. People will say that they see things out of the corners of their eyes, the sound of music, dancing, hooting, hollering, all kinds of things. Now, the next part here I got from that the That's Why We Drink podcast. Oh, yeah. And when I was researching, I was like Googling and it popped up and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to listen to this. So mm-hmm. um, this next part comes from them. They were talking about EVPs mm-hmm. and some of the things say some of the phrases that were picked up when people were like ghost hunting and using the the evp were i hate her Hmm. hi i'll kill you cool back off get out look at them quick hide look at them Mm -hmm. that wasn't that creepy that one creeps me out the most so far yeah throw a rock at them go get her enough already evil bitch Who, that would be me talking right. about me. <laughs> I'd and be then, like, hey, <laughs> it's me. Who's in charge here? Hmm. And then I guess one of the ghost hunting people asked if Riley was there, which in Riley was one of the inmates. And someone said, this is Riley. Oh, really? Was caught. And that came directly from that. That's why we drink podcast. I, I didn't see... see the EVPs anywhere when I was researching. Okay. That's what I was just going to say. Like, I wonder if we could find them and uh, yeah. link it in the group or something. I tried to look very, I mean, if you guys find the EVP recordings like on YouTube, I didn't really put that much effort into finding it because I had already <laughs> heard it. So right. I didn't really need to find it. Yeah. Um, but if you see it and you want to post it in the group, that's totally cool with me. I like to listen to those. Me too, because they freak me the fuck out. Also, that podcast was saying how there was a spirit box. Someone was using a spirit box and mm-hmm. someone was communicating with them saying, I'm lonely and don't go in there, referring to the dark cell, like when someone hmm. was trying to walk in there. They're probably like, are you fucking stupid? Don't go in there. Yeah. Like- and then that podcast also mentioned, I guess they're a fan of that Zach Baggins guy. Mm. The one who like is this creepy, scary guy who like goes, like the ghost hunting guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about him. I don't truly. know much about him, really. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. know. I don't get the best vibe from him, but yeah. maybe that's just me. Not vibing with vibing. Anyway, so this Zach guy and his crew were investigating the Yuma Territorial Prison, and they were using, what is that thing called? It's some kind of electronic, like, ghost hunting equipment, mm-hmm. and where you can, like, see the outlines of ghosts and, oh, like, their yeah, movements. Yeah, yeah. There was, like, a stage or something, and that's where a band used to play mm-hmm. in a prison. I don't know. It was very confusing Johnny to me. Cash? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and there is a guitar. Like, they, people say that they can hear music and stuff. And, like, the guys would, like, be, like, t- he, like clapping and mm-hmm. stuff. And then the person would bow. Oh, like, it was weird. Yeah. And even the girls on the podcast were, like, eh, it seems a little staged. Yeah. But, like, I don't really know how you could stage that. Maybe you can. I don't know enough about that ghost I mean, hunting equipment. post-editing. Yeah, true. You know, stuff true. like that, maybe. But, Yeah. So that, I'm sure that there's a lot of other, and it's a museum now. Yeah. And I believe that they do tours of the prison or of the museum of the prison. Yeah. Um, Like the last Saturday in October or something, one Mm -hmm. time. Are they at night, like ghost tours or just like a historical tour? It might be. I think it's more of a historical thing. Yeah. Judging by like what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. During the research. And yeah. And that's the story of the Yuma Territorial Prison. I've never heard of that one. That's pretty interesting. Um, (sighs) Yeah. And since mine was a little bit shorter, I figured I would tell you guys a little bit about Robert the Doll <sighs> while I'm on my roll. All right. Because Robert the Doll is fucking weird. 
There is some Agreed. weird shit going on with Robert the doll. Okay. <laughs> Something's not right about this Robert I kid. Ca- I can't exactly put my finger on it, but that boy is trouble. <laughs> Robert the doll is said to be the doll that inspired the Chucky franchise. Hannah was just watching Child's Play before I came here. That's crazy. She fucking loves it. Robert Eugene Otto, who went by Gene, was gifted a doll that he named after himself. It sounds like something that you and I would do. Right. I'm not a narcissist. Not at all. Robert the doll looks a bit human, but also kind of not. I've seen him before, yeah. Yeah, it's very mm, it ain't strange. Right. Something's no. not right. Well, we'll post a picture at some point during the day. He He's like holding a stuffed lion. It's, it's just a different type of doll. <laughs> some reports say that, it, that Robert the doll was gifted by Robert the boy's grandfather. Mm-hmm. And some others say that... It was gifted to him by someone who worked for the family who did not like the family. Payback in doll form. Uh-huh. Payback in a cursed motherfucking doll. <coughs> Robert Eugenato, the young boy, grew up in a very prominent and well-off family in Key West, Florida. Oh, boy. Florida. Florida, where Florida. it's humid and your pits sweat till and the And that's where Florida man and Florida woman come from. It is said that Robert the doll is wearing a sailor suit, Mm -hmm. and that is like one that actual Robert the boy wore as a child. Okay. Now, Robert the boy reported that one night he woke up to find Robert the doll sitting at the end of the bed staring at him. Nope. Mm, Yes. No, no, no. It's reported that Robert the doll has otherworldly abilities that allow him to move around, change his facial expressions, and even giggle, which is the scariest fucking thing yeah, of them no, all. Yeah, no. No thanks. Local folklore suggests that Robert the doll has caused broken bones, divorce, and even car accidents. Jeez, Robbie. He's a pissed off doll. Quote. This is from Bustle. Quote. Gene's parents would periodically hear Gene giggling with someone. An unknown person with a deep-sounding voice as they walked by his closed bedroom door. Furniture overturned in rooms in which Robert sat. Gene began having horrible nightmares. Toys would disappear and reappear, mutilated. No. And whenever something went wrong, Gene would utter the phrase, Robert did it. Holy. <laughs> did you expect that? Because it was like a very spur of the I moment. I knew you thing. were going to do something. Did you? Because I didn't. But I didn't know it was going to be that. <laughs> did you? Because Never I did didn't. It. <laughs> Is that Robert? Even after Robert was banished to the attic, passerbys claimed to see a small figure moving from window to window. Many believed the doll to be cursed. End quote. Well, no shit. If that, <laughs> if he's twisting his head around and there's no mechanic shit yeah. inside of him, he must be a little cursed. God, he's a little bit cursed, and he can't help it. All and right, and he's probably pissed that he looks the way he does. Leave the boy alone. Hmm. Robert grew up and le- I hope he doesn't hear me talking about him. Robert grew up and left the family home to study art in both New York and Paris. He ended up asking a lady named Annette Parker to marry him. Mm-hmm. And they came back to the family home in Key West until Robert, the grown man, died in 1974. And his wife died two years later in 1976, in case you can't add. The home <laughs> was then sold to a woman named Myrtle. 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 <laughs> who then owned the home for 20 years. She sold the home to its current owners, who turned it into a guest house. Robert the Dow now calls the East Martello Museum in Key West home. Those who cross Robert the Dow, or try to take his picture, 
end up having unfortunate events happen in the weeks after visiting the museum. I would go. Mm-hmm. I would he totally gets very. Go. He does not want his picture taken, and I very, very. I like. I understand why. Yeah, because he's ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the story of Robert the doll, a doll that I would be afraid of if I went to see him. Fuck Dolls that. freak me the fuck out. Dolls never really. I don't know. They freak me out, and I think it's because my grandma, who has passed, who has passed on, she had all those really she had all weird these dolls. dolls, and her favorite doll was a red-haired little boy. She had the ones that looked like toddlers and yeah. were like toddler size, and yeah. she would like put them on and things, they, and they would like stare at me during nap time. Yeah, I don't. And like I feel that. like I never liked a doll since. Okay, I'm okay. very excited to hear what you're talking about because although I've asked you a lot, I don't remember what it is. I figured as much. <laughs> <laughs> because nothing sticks inside my brain except all my worries. <laughs> I've got plenty of those. <laughs> they take up too much space. They just multiply and multiply and multiply. By the minute. Okay, I'm going to be telling you about the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Ooh, is that what it's called? Yes. Ooh, that's bad. That's what it started out as. I hate that. I will be your tour guide. Okay. Take me on a tour, honey. Oh, no. I'm going to take you on a tour. (gasps) This is in Weston, West Virginia. It still stands today. And it's notorious for supernatural activity. First, a little bit of a history lesson. I promise it's not that boring. It's actually kind of interesting. If you hear me snoring, it's because I (laughs) never went to history class and I'm not about to now. (laughs) Just kidding. This is, I have a feeling this is going to be good. Okay. So construction on this building, it's this big gothic like Tudor revival style. like That sounds cool. Hogwartsy, like a fancy ass boarding school kind of looks like. Construction on it began in 1858, but in 1861, construction was interrupted by this little thing called the Civil War. Oh, little thing. Yeah. At the time. Ooh, this place is like. (laughs) Yeah, for real. At the time, the bitch-ass state of Virginia demanded the money that was allocated for the building's construction back for its defense. So there was money, because it's a state hospital, so the state gave them money to build this, Mm -hmm. but then Virginia seceded from the United States and became part of the Confederacy, and the state wanted that money for the construction back. They said, no, we're in a goddamn war now, we need our money. But before they could get the money back, the 7th Ohio Volunteer Infantry, they got that $27,000 in gold at gunpoint from the bank, and they took it to Wheeling, Ohio. Damn. Ha-ha. The money they stole ended up being put toward the Wheeling Convention, and that was to establish the reorganized government of Virginia. Basically, Unionist delegates from northwestern counties in Virginia wanted to repeal Virginia's secession from the United States, so they were like, no, we shouldn't secede. We want to be in the Union, okay? When that didn't quite work out how they wanted it to, the state of West Virginia was born. So this is why there's Virginia and West Virginia. There's a lot more to it, but... But I'll take That's that. basically yes. it. So this new reorganized government moved some money around and that allowed construction on the asylum to continue. When West Virginia became a United State in 1863, the name of the asylum was changed to West Virginia Hospital for the Insane. Not much better, but fine. And the very first patients were admitted in 1864, even though construction on the building would continue until 1881. 
So the buildings are beautiful, as you've seen. We'll put pictures up they, too. It is like yeah. I, our words cannot do this justice. I know. Too bad there wasn't something really cool in there, like a Harry Potter. You know, they do. Yeah, they look haunted as shit. They really do. The main building at the time was the largest hand-cut stone masonry building in the U.S. and the second largest in the world. It's got this beautiful 200-foot-high clock tower that you could see, like, right in the center. Mm-hmm. It's and, like the focal point. Yeah. And from the pictures, it didn't look like there were gargoyles, but I personally think it could use some gargoyles. Absolutely. Perched right fucking there, looking I would, at everybody. I would buy one. Yeah. Just to put it there so I could take a picture of it. It needs gargoyles. True. So the way the hospital was set up allowed for a lot of natural sunlight with lots of tall windows and high ceilings. They wanted big open spaces and ventilation for cross breezes to provide comfort to its patients. But surprise, that didn't fucking go so well. Of course. A 1938 report stated that the hospital housed, quote, epileptics, alcoholics, drug addicts, and non-educable mental defectives. Can you imagine... But having <laughs> epilepsy and yeah. being sent to an insane asylum. They didn't fucking know what it was. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Mm-hmm. But you know that like back then anyone could be committed mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. things like sexual deviance. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Being superstitious. Fuck that. Leaving your husband. Having fits of anger. <laughs> or could you imagine? Or just being lazy. <laughs> so like, hello, oh, Kate, no. Katie, you are committed. <laughs> Forever. Oh, yeah. I would be definitely, I, I was fucking triggered when you said having fits of anger yeah. because I have a fit of anger almost uh-huh. every other second. Yeah. Women were also admitted all the time for menstrual derangement. Wow. PMS. Wow. I suffer greatly. So, same. <laughs> I'm suffering from it a- as we speak. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, these women who bore your children are going to be locked away because they are bleeding <laughs> from their vaginas. And they're not happy about and it. And they are pissed off about it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow. That just goes to show, though, like, they, what little they fucking understood about What a bunch of moronic of assholes. Yeah. The hospital was the brainchild of a man named Dr. Thomas Kirkbride. He was really kind of a champion for mental health. Like, he was trying to get these patients, like, better treatment. He, really? He, yeah. Because, like, most thought that mental illness was irreversible and it should be treated behind closed doors, like, with force and physical restraint and just all this, Electric shock therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Thomas wanted a more, like, humane approach. That's why he designed the hospital to be big, open, airy. He wanted them to be able to, like, roam freely in the hallways, like, as much as they safely could Mm -hmm. and just stimulate their minds. And he thought they'd get better faster if they were able to have some control over their own lives. So the intentions were good. Mm Mm-hmm. It didn't end up that way, but the intentions were there. The like, execution was, trying. was mm-hmm. maybe not yeah. so grand. Yep. The hospital's property spanned 666 acres. Oh, wow. By the way. Like, Look at that. That's a little spooky on its own. A sign of the devil, don't you know? It had 13 buildings, and it had its own farmland, dairy, water source, and even its own cemetery. <laughs> Tori was just holding devil horns up on her face <laughs> for a, way too long because he didn't look at me. It was built to hold 250 patients in their own comfortable rooms. And it was designed to be self-sufficient with the farm and like, you know, they had all their own stuff. They didn't need anything. They wanted patients to really feel like they were at home and being well cared for. But 
by 1880, the hospital held over 700 patients, over 500 more than it was built for. Overcapacity? What is with all these fucking places? There was a huge increase of mental illness diagnoses. Yeah, what... Um, at that time, mostly due to, like we were talking about, like what the year? stigma. This was 1880. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, the stigma, which there still is a stigma, but it was yeah. way worse back then, and yeah. just lack of knowledge around yeah. the diseases. They had no idea what Yeah, they didn't know any of it shit was. about shit. Because of the huge uptick in patients, conditions at the hospital began to decline quickly. Instead of one patient to a room, how it was designed to be, four or five patients were crammed into oh, a room. Oh, I hate mm. that for them. Later on, to like closer towards like the 40s and 50s, it got so bad that you would open a door to a room and it was just beds, beds. Like you couldn't walk, you couldn't wow. run your hand in between the beds. Like it was just wall to wall, cram them all in there. I hate yeah. that. It's almost like being in fucking prison. Yeah, exactly. I hate it that. It gets so much worse. The farm on the grounds was only able to provide for around 300 people because they had a uh, staff that lived on site too, mm-hmm. and it couldn't keep up with demand. So patients began to suffer malnutrition, which we that makes mental illness right. so much worse. By 1938, the hospital held over 1,600 patients, over six times higher than capacity. And what was capacity again? 250. The patients were basically running wild at this point. Orderlies could not keep up or gain control. And at the hospital's peak in the 50s, 1950s, 2,600 patients were crammed into the hospital, 10 times the number it was supposed to house. Yeah, 10 times more. Why didn't they just build another place? I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. But this was like a time, like, you could just drop off a family member. Yeah. And no just questions dump them asked. there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I hate that. Is this around the time when they were thinking that people with, like, learning disabilities and, like, oh, yeah. autism? Yeah. God. Yeah. That's why that people, is like. anger inducing. Yeah. People, a lot of people are still like, well, why is autism a thing now? It never used to be. It's always been. Yeah. Oh, for they sure. just got dumped at places for like sure. this yeah. or lobotomized. Yeah. Like, come right. on, it's always been around. I we hate just these know people more who now. are like, "Oh, it's because of what you eat." No, shut the fuck up. No. Oh, <sighs> you don't know shit, that, and it's not it, from fucking vaccines. Okay, yeah, people knew so little about mental health back then, and being quote unquote crazy was just an excuse to drop them off at a place like this, leave them there. And this was also, since it was a state hospital, it was also a place where one could be taken if they were deemed criminally insane. Wow. Like at trial or, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so like um, someone who murders someone and they get a real good fucking attorney. They plead insanity. Mm -hmm. Then they're going to be in an asylum with people who some people who mm. probably shouldn't be there. A lot. Some people and who maybe should too. be there. Yeah. And now they're going to be let to fucking roam. Yep. With their mm. murdering fucking hands. Yep. Just wait. I got a whole people. story about this. Uh, help me. Um, so Hold me. You've got all of these patients with varying degrees of mental health. Some of them very violent with not enough doctors, nurses, or orderlies to treat them all. And you mix that with like poor sanitation, insufficient furniture. Like they had broken down beds and just mm. like awful shit um insufficient lighting and heating they would be freezing in the winter time and of course like some shit's gonna go down which i'm gonna get to i'm gonna get to in a steaming hot minute you keep like teasing us i'm sorry i just got some more like 
I'm just getting up to where it shuts down. Okay, and you're then getting I'll go to the on. climax. Yep. Before the hospital was shut down, the Charleston Gazette was trying to do like an expose on the conditions there. A crew from the paper was sent in to investigate, and they found patients sleeping on the floors in freezing cold rooms, <sighs> windows coated in grime and fecal matter. Oh, honey. Peeling decayed wallpaper, which if it wasn't like peeling and decaying on its own, it was because they were manically ripping it down. Oh, Jesus, Lord, on yeah. the cross. Um, patients locked in cages. Oh, hold me. Disabled children left alone, naked, and chained to no, chairs. absolutely chained the fuck to not. chairs, yes. Ugh. And just all around horror because it was never meant to be like that. It was never meant to have that many people. It wasn't built for that. So by the time, and well, like when you think about it, like we were talking about this before, like that work is so fucking hard to mm-hmm. do for a nurse, like mm-hmm. or a CNA especially. They don't get paid fucking shit. Nothing. And it's not an excuse to not provide care, but like when you've got this many people, you can't keep up. Like, what are you gonna do? I think the thing is, like, and this is speaking from being a CNA. Yeah. Many moons ago, <laughs> um, you don't go into that field because you want money. Right. <laughs> you go in because you have a desire to help people. Right. Yes. And then you get in there and you get into a spot like this mm-hmm. and you're expected to care for, you know, 500 people to yeah. your oneself. And it doesn't matter how much you care about these people or how much you grow to love them even mm-hmm. because you spend more time with them than your own family. Yeah. It's the fact that you eventually get fucking tired of the bullshit that you're put through for yeah. the amount that you're given and you're more angry at the people who are above you. Right. But sometimes that gets taken out on the patients. Yeah. It never not, should, but it, it exactly. does. Exactly. Not because you want it to or not because, but they're not going to get as good of care. Yeah. And I don't mean taken out like abusive. I mean like right. taken out as in like you have to rush through a bath or yeah. you have to not change You've them. You've only got so much time yeah. and, and so, I so much to do. fucking terrible. Yeah. It's just, it's mm-hmm. the worst fucking thing. Yeah. So by the time the hospital was shut down, the only part of it that was expanded for this increase in demand was the cemetery. Because so many people died on the premises and no family ever came to claim them. I was just going to say, this is probably also a time mm-hmm. when these people that were in the asylum were not, no one came to visit right. them, mm-hmm. I would assume. Well, and More I don't think that not. they could. I oh. think at some point it was cut off. Mail couldn't go in or out, letters wow. and stuff. So I don't know what that was all so about. So it was a prison. Uh, yeah, basically. I don't know if that was because it was just one more thing they would have to do, like mm-hmm. keep track of and handle. I don't know. Um, by the 80s, 1980s, the number of patients at Trans-Allegheny decreased quite a bit. And this is because of advancements in treatment and mental health care kind of shifted to a more like outpatient approach. Like you go see your doctor or you get therapy or... Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And also, it was because Reagan repealed the Mental Health Systems Act, but you know. In May of 1994, Trans-Allegheny closed its doors for good, and it was left abandoned with medical equipment still sitting in the rooms, wheelchairs in the hallways, chipped paint, and peeling wallpaper. The property was auctioned in 2007, and they now hold historical tours and overnight ghost tours, and these help fund the restoration that's being done on it. The main building has a few small museums with things like artwork and poems by some of the patients. I would like to see that. Yeah, me and too. There's that even, would be very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's even a room dedicated to different treatments and restraints they used to use, like straight jackets and a hydrotherapy tub. So, obviously, we know this place was filled with murder, suicide, rape, assault, and all-around trauma. 
There were a few cases of patients murdering each other, and I'm going to tell you one right now. Just trigger warning, it's horrific. So just brace yourself. I am ready for it, I think. There's a room in the hospital they call the bedpost murder room. Oh, God. In 1987, the room housed two violent patients. There was a third man who was known as a very sweet, like, childlike patient who was nonverbal named Dean. Is he... Is he going to be the one that dies? He'd have outbursts every so often, but during one of his outbursts, he ended up in that room with these two men. The two men tied a sheet around Dean's neck, threw the sheet up over, like, around a pipe on the ceiling. They raised him up in the air until he passed out, and they let him back down. They took him and put him on the floor and put one of the steel bedposts on his head. No. And then one of them held him there while the other jumped on the bed until his skull was crushed. Wow. Isn't that fucking horrifying? They can rot mm-hmm. in hell. Yeah. And they were, basically. That, <laughs> but that poor yeah. honey. Uh-huh. So, you know that vi- I was texting you. I told you I watched a video about this. It was a ghost hunt video. I wish I could say I remember that, but I don't. Well, remember because it was Jack Osborne? I told <laughs> I remember yeah. something about Jack Osborne. So, I, I was looking for videos about this on YouTube, and I guess Jack Osborne has some, like, travel channel YouTube thing called Portals. To- I think it's Portals to Hell. Oh, okay. Jack and they did, a, they did a little ghost hunt. It's just a short video. But they went in the room that this happened in. Mm-hmm. And they had one of those things. I guess I don't know what it's called. A ghost box or something where it lights up if if there's a spirit near. Yeah. So they were talking to Dean and it would light up. And then one of them brought out a piece of art that one of the murderers did. God and Lord. it went off. And they're like, all right, Dean, we'll put it, we'll put it away now. You can come back. So they put it away and it lit up again. So hmm. I don't know. But Jack Black, not Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Osborne. So there's that. Jack Osborne ghost hunting at this asylum. Who would have ever thought? It was, I was really surprised. I'm like, <laughs> whoa, look at you. There's also the case of a missing nurse. She disappeared one night and most people thought she'd just kind of given up on the job in the middle of a shift and walked out but a few days passed and no one heard from her Mm -mm. so the police got involved her body wasn't found until two months later rotting at the bottom of an unused staircase oh my now thousands upon thousands of lobotomies were performed there on the grounds partly because they wanted to decrease the population at the hospital these were huge in the 40s and 50s so i'm not going to assume everyone knows exactly what a lobotomy is so i'm going to tell you this was an extremely invasive, quote-unquote, treatment for mental disorders. And what happened was, so they would either go in through the eye socket or they would drill two holes in the skull and they would stick these eight-inch steel spikes inside and they would move the spikes back and forth in like a sweeping motion. And this would sever the connections between the frontal lobes and the rest of the brain. So this didn't cure shit. And a lot of psychotherapists knew it didn't cure shit, mm-hmm. even though they, they kind of peddled it as a cure um, well, because oh, they didn't have any, yeah. quote-unquote, cure, so yeah. they needed to think of something, so they mm-hmm. wanted to play doctor yeah. with their well, brains. and, like, what it did, so a lot of the times, a, lo- a lobotomy would leave the patient with lowered self-awareness, responsiveness, and self-control. Patients who survived lobotomies would have seizures, incontinence, and intellectual deficiencies. So it basically, there were varying degrees. You could be, like, totally just bad, incapacitated. incapacitated to like a child like yeah like childlike state of Mm -hmm. mind 
But what it did was make it easy, make them easier to quote unquote handle. Yeah. So Walter Freeman was a doctor who specialized in lobotomies. He's actually the one who did Rosemary Kennedy's failed lobotomy. And he's, you know, the doctor in American Horror Story Asylum. Yes. He's based off of this, okay. this man. He coined the term for patients after the fact, quote, surgically induced childhood, end quote. So he knew what he was doing. In his memoir that he never published, he wrote about a 29-year-old woman who, after her lobotomy, was a, quote, smiling, lazy, and satisfactory patient with the personality of an oyster, end quote, after her lobotomy. She couldn't remember the doctor's name, and she spent her days endlessly pouring coffee from an empty coffee pot. Wow. Mm-hmm. The doctor told her parents to reward her good behavior with ice cream and punish her bad behavior by smacking her. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a piece of shit. Yep. This is fucking traumatic shit. And they performed thousands of them at this hospital. Walter Freeman was said to have performed up to 228 of them in one week. Wow. At Trans-Allegheny. So this brings me to a theory called the stone tape theory. And this makes me think of your prison too. It's basically a speculation that ghosts and hauntings are like tape recordings and impressions of traumatic or emotional events are projected out in the form of energy and recorded into stone. Hmm. I guess this is like a big thing. Yeah, I've never heard of it. The stone will hold on to those impressions and they can be replayed back under certain circumstances. So maybe this is like sounds, memories. And like I said, this was one of the largest stone buildings in the U.S. So it would make sense if this if this were true. I don't know. So just keep this in mind because it can account for like many, many ghost sightings and unexplained phenomena like white hazes have been seen there, noises, voices, etc. One of the most famous ghosts who lives in Trans-Allegheny is known as Little Lily. Oh, she's just a little girl looking for a playmate. Yeah, that's all. What else does she do? Her energy is most often experienced in the R ward on the fourth floor. Not much is known about who she was or where she came from, but it's thought that she was either a child patient who spent her entire short life at the hospital or that she was born at the hospital from a female patient. The story that she was born there is the most common. It's said that she was born to an unknown woman only documented by the letter E. Some people think she was orphaned and sent there to Trans-Allegheny for care. Either way, Lily is documented to have lived there, and she was practically raised by the staff before she died at the age of nine from pneumonia. Visitors and ghost hunters like to leave toys for her. She's known um, for playing with them. She'll roll a ball back and forth with whoever comes to see her. There have been reports that she'll reach out and hold your hand, and some people have heard children's laughter. I think that's fucking creepy. Yeah. Mm -mm. I don't like to hear that. No, no. Not even my own kids' laughter. (laughs) They're not allowed. No, I'm kidding. There are reports that ghosts of several children haunt the upper floors, and sometimes they like to follow people home. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, they no, no, They just want no. someone to play with. They're Stop. not going to play with me. I don't play. God, you're mean. The very top floor was once used as an on-site residence for hospital staff, and it was later used for drug and alcohol rehab. There's a set of doors up there that were never, ever locked, and they were free from any kind of obstruction on both sides. But when a historian was visiting the hospital, she tried to open them. Nothing happened. She went back and pulled on the handles harder, but just as she did, something on the other side began banging on the doors so hard that it rattled the door frame. 
So something did not want her to open no. those doors. No, 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 no. No, no, no. The morgue at Trans Allegheny was a separate building that sat close to the main building. And morgue visitors have seen shadows moving in and out of the rear entrance and in the exam room. Ooh, Mor- I bet. I fucking hate. I don't even like the word morgue. Mm-mm. I hate that. Most of the shadows seem to hover over the wall of metal racks that were used to store dead bodies. People have described these shadows as very large, and they've also described an overwhelming sense of dread and grief while visiting the morgue. Trans-Allegheny also had seclusion chambers. Like Mm -hmm. solitary confinement. And it's said that anyone who locks themselves inside of these chambers feels the wrath of a very pissed-off spirit. They've left with scratches, bruises, and even bite marks. Some of these visitors reported seeing a shadow figure crawling down the hallways, and no one knows who or I hate that or what the fucking crab walking creepy crawly is. I don't like that thing. No, but it's considered to be not from this world. So uh, yeah, I would consider that <laughs> there's, right. There's that. Yep. So the F ward in the main building, it was the female ward, but in the early 1900s, it was turned into the part of the hospital where like extremely violent patients would would live, and this is also the ward where lobotomized patients would would live after after their procedure shadowy figures have been seen in this part of the hospital a lot even moving around corners with the sound of unexplained footsteps there have been reports of knocking sounds on the doors and walls and even laughter i, think I don't a, like the laughter i think thing. adult laughter might even be worse for me. well yeah because it's like they could Sinister. take me down like, yeah. yeah a tour guide came into work one morning and in ward four he says he saw two sets of wet human footprints. One set looked like adult footprints and one set was small like child's footprints. They led all the way down this long hallway. They stopped in front of a chair and kind of like it looked like they turned around to sit. Oh god. And then they eventually just disappeared. Employees say that if the weather outside is damp enough, the same footprints reappear. Oh god. So I don't know what the fuck that's all about. I don't like that. No. The ghost of a vicious murderer, Slewfoot. Slewfoot is a vicious murderer. Slewfoot. I'd be a a fucking vicious murderer if my name was Slewfoot. I think it's just like a a nickname. He roams the bathrooms, Slewfoot does. Oh, what a perv. It's said that he committed numerous murders in the upper level bathrooms, and people have heard clanging on the pipes, the doors, the windows like slamming them shut they say slewfoot himself even lets out bursts of horrifying laughter every so often oh that would freak me the fuck out because his slewfoot i bet anything it's like (laughs) (laughs) that's him that's fucking slewfoot I just got possessed for a moment, but now I'm it's back. It's all right. It's all right. So yeah. whether the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum is haunted or not, so many people who visit agree that there's like this thick, lonely heaviness in the air and sadness in the walls and just an overall feeling of dread as you walk through it. I don't know. I'm so glad that it doesn't have to be like that anymore. It's not all the way better. It's not no. how it should be, but it's... it's Fuck lobotomies, man. Fuck lobotomies real hard. And... Um, we, we just, we know so much more. It's not, yeah. it's not where it needs to be, but we know so much more. And I'm just glad people aren't fucking thrown in. Not that it doesn't happen, but like that. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. So really quick. I just wanted to add this in. The facility of trans Allegheny is featured in the game Fallout 76. <gasps> I know you play that, don't yeah. you? It's under the name Fort Defiant. I it's didn't based know off that. this place. I just got real excited. At least like the architecture and what wow. it looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I love the Fallout franchise. I thought you did. Yeah. So, My favorite will always be the original, but whatever. Wow. So mm-hmm. that that's some spooky scaries for you guys. Yeah. I would I, I would that. do a ghost tour of that place. Oh, for a million percent, I would. I would like to do that. I feel like, yeah, it probably is haunted in some form. Mm-hmm. Because so much pain happened there. There's so much fucking energy mm-hmm. that gets left behind. Yeah. That is just has nowhere to go yeah and that that kind of that stone yeah theory, i want to look into that stone, stone taped, temple pilot stone oh. temple pilot yeah okay stone tape theory <laughs> i think that's interesting yeah i think i would love to learn more about that yeah oh god so oh that, so tori yeah katie reading watching listening anything oh doing christ on a cross no. you've been in the trenches i've been deep in the editing trenches and i don't suggest ever going there <laughs> Because it's almost as fucking terrifying as these stories. Mm. No, I'm still... That book that I talked about last week, I think it, it's Rebel Love, right? I think that's what you said, yeah. Um, I'll link that because I haven't gotten any further. But it's a very... Uh, from the eight chapters or whatever that I got to read. It seems like it's a very like cute, banter-filled book. And it's mm-hmm. like a quick thing. Yeah. Um. Also, I'm still just watching as I can The Real Housewives of Potomac. <laughs> And I'm not listening to shit. I read a whole article about the housewives and how that how it's filmed and like yeah. what they have to do. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I should mention that Woman on Fire, my poetry collection, was released mm-hmm. a week ago from when you're hearing this. It was last Thursday. Yeah, you should let me know if you got it. I, I got it. I don't. <laughs> i don't feel like probably the majority of our listeners probably read poetry i don't know maybe they do maybe we shouldn't judge them but my poetry is pain induced everybody clap clap for victoria because it hit number one new release in a few different categories it did and two different ones yeah i love that Um, for you also clap clap snap snap for crystal abel because her poetry collection dropped today which is when we're recording this, which is Monday. Yeah. Um, and it's called Playing with Broken Hearts by Crystal Abel. We will link it down in the description below, honey. I've only, that. I've literally only gotten through three poems because my life is, uh, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's, Crystal's fucking awesome. So I have no mm. doubt that it's a great poetry book. Yeah, I have to get it. Katie. Yes. Reading, watching, listening. Mm, well, you know, I read Woman on Fire by this bitch, Victoria Ellis. <laughs> Did it totally blow? It was okay. Yeah. I mean, no, I thought it was, it's really, really good. And I read most of it before you even published yeah. it. But I do like having your actual books yeah. looking all packaged up. Packaged up about. and pretty? Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't, I feel like, um, I already started writing a next one, even though I literally said I will never write another poetry book yeah, again. Yeah, you did. I did say that. Yeah. But then I just started getting this little inspiration sparking in you between know, my butt. I mean, you don't even have to look at it as, as a collection yet. Just write down. No. I just have three it. pieces in yeah. my Google Docs. And take your time. Yeah. Don't set up a fucking pre-order. Okay. I'm not doing a pre-order ever again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, reading, watching, mm-hmm. listening. So besides yeah, Woman no, on Fire. Um, criminal Minds, like the past three weeks. I'm glad that you're doing that since you spent $50 on it. Oh, yeah. After the kids go to bed, I work till 11. And then I watch Criminal Minds with my hubby bubby. Ooh. Until like two or three in the morning, and it's yeah, fine. And I have my smoothie and my crazy. fucking cat, my new cat. Yeah. So I mean, there's really nothing, not fucking shit going on in my life. I'm just hoping that our book signings and our convention, the horror I hope history so. con for the podcast, I hope it happens, God, I and I hope you hope all so. come and spend your life savings on a plane ticket <laughs> to see us. No, don't um, do that. Please don't. Um, we're we... going to actually next year be signing 
in uh, where is that? In Louisville, 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 Louisville Kentucky. I can't y'all. say Louisville. I take Louisville, myself seriously. Kentucky, I can't. Y'all. I can't do it. We're going to Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> We're going to be on Louisville, yes. Kentucky. This isn't until next year, but it's yeah. a book signing. So anybody that lives down there, you can come see um, us too. We you have don't even a few... have to like books. Just come see us for God <laughs> fucking sakes. And we're, we get to tour the Waverly Hills Sanatorium when yeah. we're there. I'm I know so we have excited. some people over on the East Coast. We've got some Texans, yeah. Floridians, Virginia, West Virginia. Texas um, is our like second highest yeah, um, because we fan have... base for the Cruel Coven. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, we haven't talked about Dark History and HorrorCon for a while. We'll let you know if it's still on. As of right now, it's on. I pro- mm-hmm. It probably depends on how many times we keep spiking and then what flu season looks like. Yeah, and I don't if know. if the COVID shit comes back. Because yeah, it's in it October. Yeah, and it's in normal no i don't know by champagne it's somewhere in illinois yeah and <laughs> we will be there for the podcast yeah. so you can get your ticket and you can come see us all right children my sweet sweet summer children all right children of the corn you can send us an email at cruel and unusual the pod at gmail.com send us a story send us whatever the f- whatever the fuck you want all right we're not picky you can follow us on instagram at cruel and unusual the pod i tweet at <laughs> she tweets cruel unusual pod come tweet me go tweet her for god fucking sake somebody <laughs> needs to you can see all of our source material and shit like that at www.cruelinkmedia.com come join us in the facebook group where it's real fun that is cruel and unusual colon the group on good old Facebook. We love you. <laughs> love you. Bye. Bye. Robert did it. <laughs>